everyone, I want to welcome you to a special edition of the podcast. This is Pastor Marco De Barros. Uh, excited to share some things with you guys, doing it a little bit different. You're used to the preaching on Sunday, but this is going to be just a, a straight conversation with you from this side. Um, but I want to begin by uh, making some special announcements. Um, we have some new outlets for the podcast, which is awesome. Uh, we are no longer using the Shout Engine site. We're now going to be using sermons.newlifesouthcoast.com. Again, sermons.newlifesouthcoast.com. Also, some exciting things. We are now on Spotify. So if you are a Spotify user, all you have to do is, is subscribe to us there for free or Google Play and iTunes. So we have all these different outlets, sermons.newlifesouthcoast.com, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Again, it's all for free. Our, our goal and our desire is to be able to get the message to as many people as possible. So please don't keep it to yourself. If these messages help you on this walk with the Lord, please share it with someone who might also benefit from it. And we're launching a brand new conversational podcast where we're going to be talking about different topics that it's on our hearts that we feel is relevant and might help people. Uh, we're going to call this second podcast SauceCast. I'm so excited about it. SauceCast is the name of this one, and we're going to be launching it beginning this Thursday. So look out for a new episode every other week from the SauceCast and same outlets. You can find them on, on saucecast.newlifesouthcoast.com, Spotify, Google Play, and also iTunes. The first episode I'm excited about is titled Social Media is Not Real Life. So look out for that this Thursday as we launch this conversational podcast. Also, this Saturday is our massive family block party at Hazelwood Park in New Bedford. So if you're in the area, you need to come and hang out with us in New Bedford, Hazelwood Park from 3 to 6. Listen, we're going to have so many great things. We're going to have bouncy houses for kids, face painting. There's going to be so many different activities, free food. There's going to be live concerts from different artists. Um, we either, we have a ton of giveaways for families who are in need. So if you know someone who's in need, please let them know to come and get some, some free things. Also, uh, clothing drive. We have a ton of clothes who are in very good condition for people. So again, a lot of great things happening. I hope you can help us spread the word family block party this Saturday, starting at three o'clock and it's going to go down all the way to six o'clock. But now let's get to the best part. I want to share God's word with you today. Uh, last week we began to talk about the gospel effect. So this is gospel effect part two. This is a continuation of this uh, um, look at the book of Acts, the beginning of the church journey um, that has changed the world forever and is still changing us today. But I want to read to you today from Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 4. It says this, But the believers were scattered, who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus, Wherever they went, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. That's an awesome passage that shows us the heart of the gospel and, and the power of the gospel when he permeates a specific city. 
Uh, as you can see, the last, um, the last verse says, there was great joy in that city. And that's our heart. Our heart is to bring great joy to our city and to our region. Uh, our heart is to see the gospel permeate the city of New Bedford and, and, and all the other cities around New Bedford. Basically, the whole South Coast region is what we would like to see. And in order for that to happen, we need to tap into the same spirit that was with these believers in the beginning. The Holy Spirit is still very active. He's very real. And, and that's what made all the difference in the world. You know, when, when the church began, they were not known as Christians. There was no name for it yet. They were known as the way. Why? Because they just followed Jesus. Um, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so people were like, oh, those are the guys that follow the way. It wasn't until uh, you get into Acts chapter 11, which is years later, that for the first time, uh, they were called Christians. But interesting enough, they were called Christians from a, uh, from a mockery standpoint. People were trying to make fun of them, saying, oh, look at those guys who follow that guy who calls himself the Christ. So they're like Christians, which means little Christ. So basically, what was supposed to be a mockery ended up being was stuck and they embraced the name and said, yeah, we're gonna, we want to we be a little Christ. We want to be like Jesus. And so it's awesome to see how, how far we've come from a place of mockery to now in, fully embraced as people who want to be just like Jesus. But the other thing you will notice in the book of Acts is uh, things weren't easy for them. Matter of fact, it's because of persecution that they were able to spread the gospel to the known world. The, the, the book of Acts is basically broken down into three parts. The first part is them spreading the gospel in Jerusalem. And then the second part is them going into Judea and Samaria. And then the third part is them going to the ends of the earth, the unknown world at the time. Which is cool because Jesus prophesied that in Acts 1.8 when he says, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you're going to be my witnesses, not just in Judea, first in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And so Acts chapter 8, we, f we find the gospel in Samaria, which is cool. Jesus said this would happen, and this is how it would happen. And so throughout this book, you see the template or the ingredients of a church full of believers who are changing a city. Every time they went into a city, they believed that they can help change that city. And that's our conviction. We believe that the gospel of Jesus is so real and powerful that it's still changing cities today. And so we didn't just come to launch a church um, for church people. We came to launch a church for a city, to see a city change. And the way that we're going to see a city change is to tap into, again, the same spirit that was with them and is still with us today. But if you pay attention, this is the key ingredients that we find in the book of Acts that we need to tap into. Number one. These believers were spirit-filled. It's impossible to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. You could be religious, but it's impossible to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, he said, don't go anywhere without first receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we need is a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit over our lives if we're going to fulfill the will of God for our lives and for our city. So we need to be spirit-filled. We need to ask God for a fresh filling of His Spirit. I look at it this way. The Holy Spirit to me is, is, is like having a car that needs gas. 
I don't care what kind of car you have, no matter how cool your car is, you could be driving a Lamborghini, but with no gas, you're not going anywhere. And that's how I look at the Christian journey. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to make any impact. We may look good, we may be religious, but where's the power? The difference to me between a religious person and a person that's being led by the Spirit is the power of the Spirit in them to actually live out everything that God has called them to do. To, to live. So don't start your day without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do anything without the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, you see people try to do the things that believers would do without the Holy Spirit and it didn't go well for them. Everything that we are as believers comes because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So you need to stop and just say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me with your Holy Spirit. So that I may live my life above the level of sin and mediocrity. And also that I may have the power to live out the gospel, and to help others on this journey. The second thing you see them do is they preach Jesus to as many people as possible. You see, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. That's the point. The point is not for us to just feel goosebumps and feel good about ourselves. It's to go out there and be Jesus' living witnesses of what the gospel is capable of doing in someone's life. And the more people we can introduce to Jesus, the better our cities are going to be. Because as you know, Jesus makes us better citizens, makes us better people. Jesus is the person in us that makes us not just better people, but we we have better relationships. We're, we're, we're better husbands and wives. We're, we're better parents. We're better workers when the gospel has permeated our hearts. And so we need to preach Jesus to as many people as possible. And the Holy Spirit empowers you to do that. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know the whole Bible. You just need to know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, you want someone else to know Jesus. And so ask the Holy Spirit for the power to be able to preach the gospel to those around you. God has placed you where you are for a reason, for a purpose, is to help permeate our city with the gospel. And the third thing, they baptized them. See, baptism is the outward expression of what's happening inside of you, that the Holy Spirit has really gotten hold of you and now is transforming you from the inside out. You don't have to be perfect to be baptized. Matter of fact, we get baptized because we're not perfect. It's a cleansing. It's a it's a it's a new beginning. It's saying Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So I am gonna go into this water as a old person and I'm gonna come in alive and I'm gonna let the whole world know that Jesus is the reason why I am who I am today. And that I am who I am by the grace of God. And that's awesome. And it's awesome every time we have baptism service to see the power of the gospel changing people's lives. And it never gets old. And I pray we continue to see that. Again, with every person who gets baptized, a city is getting better. A region is getting better. Number four, signs and wonders. Everywhere they went, there was miracles, breakthroughs. People were getting delivered and set free. And we need that more than ever in our city and region. As you know, we see evil every day. The evil of addiction, the evil of violence, the evil of, of broken uh, relationships and, and marriages are under fire. So we need signs and wonders. We need to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to cast out these evil spirits who, that are ruining our city and also our region. All of us know someone that's been affected by the drug epidemic. We're not supposed to just feel bad. We're not supposed to just... Let's see it happen. I believe we're supposed to do something about it. There's power in our prayers. There's power in our prayers. I can't say that enough. Let's pray against these things. Let's believe God for breakthrough. 
so that we can live the lives he created us to live. We're not meant to stay defeated. We're not meant to stay down. Once in a while, you got to lay hands on your mind and say the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. And so I can live free from depression. I can live free from suicidal thoughts. I can live free from addiction. Um, I, you can go throughout your house and pray that evil will leave your home. You know, the spirit of depression or divorce or anything that's plaguing your family in your life. Jesus gives you power and authority to overcome these things. And so I want to encourage you to believe God for signs and wonders. A lot of times, I think the reason why we don't see more signs and wonders, miracles, is because we don't believe. You know, sometimes we're praying how we feel. See, prayer is not what you feel. Prayer is believing that God can and he will. And so pray your faith. Don't pray your feelings. Pray believing that God can and he will deliver you and your family and loved ones from, from all these evil and then number five, it, it goes along with number four, is to cast out evil spirits. You know, there's authority in the name of Jesus. You know, when you read the book of Acts, you see them taking authority over demons, taking authority over the wrong spirits. And the same thing can happen today. There's a lot of warfare. There's a lot of evil spirits in our, in our world, and we have authority over them. See, we're not meant to bow down to evil. Evil's supposed to bow down to us. Jesus had power when he walked the earth. And even demons were afraid of him. And demons are afraid in the name of Jesus. You don't have to live afraid. You don't have to live in fear. You have the power to cast out anything. And you don't even need the pastor to come around. All you need is to access the Holy Spirit and to cast out things from your life, from your friend's life. Listen, lay hands on your children. Lay hands on your spouses. You know, lay hands on your co-workers and believe God to set them free from whatever's trouble in them. Amen. Number six is they serve the city in tangible ways. You see, if we're going to change our city, we're going to change our region, we have to show the love of Jesus in tangible ways. And, um, and that's what I love about serving the city. You know, this past Saturday, I got to go to the prison ministry for the second time with some of the brothers from church. And I'll tell you, as, God, as God's my witness, that place felt so holy when we were having a Bible study with those men. And believing that God can change anyone. And that's how we're going to see our cities change. And I love that as we were in the prison ministry doing Bible study with them, there was another group at the shelter and another group at the Douglas Academy uh, Youth Detention Home. There was another group at, at a nursing home. There was another group at Tent City helping the homeless. There was another group that... Uh, that was doing the street team and getting the word out about the family block party. And there's another group doing the loads of love where we go and help people uh, take care of their laundry that they can't afford it. Uh, so many great things, so many ways to tangibly say God loves you, God is for you, and his people are here to be a blessing in your life. And I believe that we are going to continue to add more and more ways to serve the city because when we do that, we are better, our city is better, and Jesus uh, is permeating uh, the life of our city, and that's awesome. So I want to give a shout-out to everyone who's been coming out to serve the city, and I want to tell you next time, don't miss it, because the goal is to really be tangible blessing in people's lives. And what happens when we do all that stuff? Well, we see a city being transformed. I don't know if you know this, but New Bedford used to be one of the wealthiest city in the world. When we first moved here, I did some research, and it's amazing to see that the whaling industry here, the oil that they used to come from the whaling industry, which is to light the entire world. It's amazing that this the, that's the legacy and the history of the city that we need to believe for. And so I want to prophesy that prosperity 
is coming back to New Bedford, that there's a vibrancy in our city and region, that, that our cities will be safe, that our cities will be loving and peaceful and healthy in mind, body, and soul. In other words, a, a city that's filled with God's spirit. You know, we believe in Jesus, but we also believe in our city. We believe in our region, but it takes all of us. And my prayer is that all of us have the same heart and spirit that Philip had. You know, he experienced the Holy Spirit and then he took it out to others. There's no time to lose. We need to stay focused on the gospel mission. You know, when you lose focus on the gospel mission, you make life about yourself. And there's nothing worse than a selfish Christian. Matter of fact, that's an oxymoron to be a selfish Christian. Now we have selfish moments, but we shouldn't be selfish. We're either going to be selfish or we're going to be Christians. And being a Christian is about being selfless. It's it's about reaching out to others. And I love the way that that Philip went about it. If you keep reading Acts, uh, you see how practical this is. That Philip went out of his way to be a blessing to people. And I believe that's what we need. And, I, and I, my conviction is this. The greatest evidence of spiritual maturity is being in tune with the Holy Spirit in, in helping to disciple others. You see, if you've been a believer for at least one solid year, you should be focusing on, on helping others come along in their journey with Jesus. Refuse to be a selfish Christian who just wants to be fed. It's one of my pet peeves. Where people say, I'm not being fed. But it's like, how old are you? Because the point is that when you have grown a little bit in the faith, it's, it's time to help feed someone else. You know, I have five kids, ages 11, 10, 7, 4, and 2. Pray for me. Um, they need a lot of help. But what the cool thing is, as they grow, they're helping each other. The older two now are helping to feed the younger ones and helping take care of the younger ones. And that's, to me, that's the picture of Christianity. As you grow in your faith, you're supposed to help others. So it's not hard. It's just being in tune with the Holy Spirit and see where the needs are all around us. So recognize where God is working and get involved. That's, that's true spiritual maturity. It's not just having head knowledge. How many Bible verses do you know and how many years you've been in the church? No, it's how are you helping others come along in their journey with Jesus? And that's what we need. You know, as the church is growing, we need more people who are willing to say, God, where are you working? Show me so that I may be a blessing in tangible ways. So Acts 8, if you keep reading, uh, you see a tangible uh, example of this. Philip uh, sees someone and he hears this from the Holy Spirit. Watch this. In, in chapter 8, verse uh, 29, it says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over, walk alongside the carriage. Philip, Philip ran over it and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. That's incredible. First of all, to me, here's what practical Christian maturity looks like. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over. Go over. You will hear the Holy Spirit lead you to people, will lead you to the right people. There's divine connections that he wants you to have, or I like to call them divine appointments with people every single day. Uh, and even sometimes on Sunday morning, sometimes we take for granted that people are in church, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to the right people who might need help growing with him. Number two, you see in verse 30, um, he took initiative. Philip ran over to that man. I love that. 
We need some people that will run to God's will. Because some people just, they'll hear the voice, but they don't do anything. You know, I pray that you are the kind of person who actually takes the initiative to run over and do what God's saying to do. Number three, just be available. Philip went over, right? And he said, do you understand what you're reading? In other words, just making a, a, a tangible effort to, to bless someone, to help someone. Do you understand what you're reading? How are you doing today? How are you really doing? How can I help you? You know, how can I pray for you? Just little things like that. You know, we need more spiritual mentors. We need more people who would come alongside other people and help them. A lot of people that come to our church are brand new to the faith. And so it, it would be great if we had more people like Philip in tune with the Holy Spirit to say, how can I help you grow in your walk with Jesus? That's my prayer that we take advantage of these opportunities and not take it for granted. Not just be looking out for us, looking out for ourselves, but looking out for others. I don't know about you guys. The more I pour into others, the more I'm blessed. And God's not going to you know, pour into you if you're not going to pour it out. The whole point is that God will fill you so that you may have something to give. And the more you give, the more he wants to fill you. Hello, somebody. And that's how this thing works. And so, for example, invite someone out for coffee. Have a conversation with them about the Lord, about the Bible. You know, I wrote the, the, the book, The Basics, and it's so cool to, this weekend when we went to prison ministry to see these men uh, just reading the basics. And we, we took turns that each person would read a paragraph and would stop and talk about it. How cool is that? It's not hard. So you can buy a, a, a basics book. We'll give you one for free and, 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 and sit down with the person and walk uh, through them with them and, and help them on this journey. I think that is what's going to make us the people that God created us. And that's, and that's how we're going to help one person at a time in our city. You know, having formal Bible studies with, with new believers. If everyone reaches someone, man, we're going to go somewhere with this. But it all comes down to, have, have I met Jesus? You know, is the gospel my reality? The good news of Jesus, is it permeated my soul? Have I understood how much God loves me and how much he cares about me, that he died for me, that he rose again for me? He defeated my worst enemies uh, of death and sin and, and hell, and he's given me new life. And because he's given me new life, I can, I can now bring new life wherever I go, which is, by the way, a great name for a church, right? And so, my friends, my prayer is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go, and that we see our city and our region transform for the better. We love you, and we're praying for you. Have a great, great week. God bless.